On today's episode of Impulse, I'm sitting down with Justin, aka Stingos, to talk about The Division 2. Over the weekend we played the open beta, and uh, it's a looter shooter. Couple of them recently. New, new hot trend. Yeah, one of, the, one of them is breaking PS4s. Thankfully though, Ubisoft's got a contender here that I think is in a bit more of a stable position. Yeah, well, they have the advantage of being a sequel, I guess. Right, they foundation to build off of and whatnot. From my understanding, we should probably preface this, this. Neither of us has actually played the original Division, so uh, if you're looking for some hot comparison takes, unfortunately you won't find that here. Wrong we're, place. We're pretty new. I think the only experience I have with the Division 1 is I saw the E3 trailer. From my understanding, the story seems to be like a bunch of people died from some sort of smallpox variant that was spread around by money. Then following that, the survivors that had guns or whatever decided to use those guns and then pile up trash bags against buildings. So then their children could do, like, sick trash boarding tricks, you know? The right. guns keep the, you know, the guns keep the, uh, the mall cops away. Yeah, this game is very pro-gun. <laughs> you want to go to that intro segment or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by the intro segment because it implies that there's not a lot of guns in America, and I'm not trying to get too political here. I was just surprised that the Ubisoft game's take was uh, something along the lines of, when society fell, did you have a gun? Did your neighbor? I was like, ah, interesting <laughs> was take. Something. Wasn't really expecting that one. Yeah, and the story seems to be all presented in, like, every now and then you'll, you'll, you'll encounter the odd cutscene, but most of it seems to be at least built on, like, random audio tapes and environmental story, storytelling, and, well, like, that stuff warts, I guess, and, you know, various interactions with settlements. Yeah, it seemed completely passable. Yeah. And, like, as you progress and do side missions and whatnot, and, you know, collect resources and all that, those settlements will continue to expand and grow. Which is sort of neat, and it, l it lets you unlock, you know, things such as crafting and such that we saw in the open beta. And it'll visually show this as well. Uh, in one instance, it showed a cutscene of everything at the White House. Now they had children running around, and there's fruit and vegetables and stuff, so... I, I guess, between the all the piles of literal trash on the side of buildings, you could still ma maybe get a garden going at the White House, I guess. Yeah, I believe as I was like running through one of the headquarters, they were like, we got a video game center set up for the kids. Hopefully they enjoy it or something. <laughs> so, gaming lives on. Gamers unite. Definitely. Gamers, I feel like, would be the best survivors in this weird smallpox, but everyone has oh, a gun certainly. apocalypse. I can just imagine it now. They're just, you know, raiders come up to them and they're like, try to own me again, punk. I'm epic. I'll and respawn. Yeah, oh. But, uh, like, overall, the game, it looks pretty. Uh, it's not, like, the best-looking thing in the world, uh, but it's it's dense with details. Yeah, lots of clutter. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah, the character models are kind of, eh, they're, like, play-person tier. Yeah, but it's understandable when you go out into the world and you see, like, the literal piles of trash and just detail that it's, you know, thrown about the world. Which, by the way, post-smallpox, like, plague or whatever... Who decided we should just, like, pile up garbage bags against the side of buildings? There's a lot of that. A lot of green paint, too. Only the green paint survived. <laughs> that one gang or whatever, the hyenas or whatever the hell they're yeah. called. The Jokers or whatever. <laughs> Jokers, oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that's late game. That That's in the Dort zone. We'll, we'll get to that later. I would buy The Division 2 instantly if I found out there was an end credit scene where the Joker shows up. 
and it's it's been the Joker the whole time. He yeah, spread Jared Leto, the small paw. <laughs> Jared Leto, he was too into his character as the Joker <laughs> and spread small smallpox through money as an epic green. method or whatever method actor man. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. I, I've seen footage of the original Division, and after playing the Division 2 open beta, I went to go check out some of the reviews for that. And the one thing that kind of floored me was how identical it was. Because I had no idea, and watching some of the Division 1 uh, previews and reviews, the UI is identical. Like, if you showed interior screenshots from the Division 1 and 2, not the outside stuff, because obviously the Division 1 was set in, you know, the winter and in New York, but if you showed two interior screenshots, I genuinely couldn't tell you which one is which. Yeah. So that that's like a tiny bit odd, but if you look at the release dates, like they're only three years apart, and that seems to be like the Ubisoft way of doing things. Release a slightly fixed version in a new setting. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as visuals went, like it, it ran pretty decently on, on my computer. Um, I mean, we did have some technical issues that, you know, here and there, crashes and, and whatnot, but as far as actual frame rate performance went, it ran really well overall there were some hiccups like the game is buddy it's in an open band and everything like right i had moments where like i got stuck in place but probably the biggest issue i had and overall i hope this is addressed the weapon sounds they don't sound yeah very good at all like the weapons don't really have any sense of weight or feeling to them and like i said the, the audio issues were pretty rampant like there were points where if i was on the the rail gun or the mini gun or whatever it is like the positioned like rail gun if someone else was using it, I couldn't hear anything. If I was using it, I could hear it fine. But then you guys couldn't hear it. So that was really bizarre. Yeah, I, I couldn't hear it when you used it and, and vice versa. It wasn't just like a single person having that issue. All three of us that we were playing as in the group all had that same issue. Then there was one point where I picked up like a light machine gun of some kind. And it had like no sound. It, it sounded like a weird Nerf gun. It was making little air sounds. Pew pew! <laughs> it was just really bizarre. Yeah. And end up having to restart and fix that. But even then, even when the gun sounds are fine, they're still not that great. Yeah. Overall, like, the the impact and feedback from the guns, like you said, wasn't great. Um, it, I, it's passable, but that's something that sort of bugged me about the beta overall. Was that uh, the combat, like I said, it's fine, it's passable, but it wasn't particularly interesting or, like, you know... A lot of these games are going up against Destiny, right? And shooting is Bungie's forte. Yeah. And I, I don't really think it compares per se, personally. But a lot of people complained about the uh, a lot of people complained about the bullet sponge enemies in the first game. Yeah. And those are pretty much still here. Every now and then, you'll get into a combat situation against dudes covered in like head to toe in armor that you have to break. Yeah, you got to break it, and then you can damage and them. We were playing on normal difficulty, and we were still having trouble, so I can't even, like, imagine what that's like on some of the harder difficulties in the post-game, so... I don't know, I, I wasn't crazy about that stuff. Like, the whole bullet-spongy aspect of some of these shooters has never appealed to me, so... Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, as for the overall mission formula, it, it still follows that very same looter-shooter approach of, you know, accepting a bunch of missions, going to the areas, activating a thing, defeating a wave of enemies. Like, that stuff is still pretty present... But comparatively to Anthem, like Anthem was, yeah. the loop of Anthem was infuriating. Whereas the loop in this, you can accept pretty much every mission that's available to you, and then go and do them all at once, and then fast travel back. And unlike Anthem, the, the load times when you're fast traveling are literal seconds. So 
the loop is a lot more digestible. And overall, I just had more fun doing that, exploring between missions. Whereas Anthem, it would just immediately send you back to the fort. Like, when the mission was over, a timer would count down, and that was that. You're in a loading screen. But the thing that separates, I guess, this game from the rest of these things is uh, the Dart Zone, aka the Dart Zone. Yeah, the Dart Zone. Which, I had no idea what that was at first. I, I went into it thinking it was going to be some sort of raid. And it kind of is? But it's mixed in with, like, PvP elements in a pretty interesting way. But the first time we went in, the first time we encountered players, we immediately <laughs> shot at one another, not knowing that we couldn't kill each other. And they were shooting at us and, like, trying to run at us and everything, and we were running at them. And it took us, like, a good 30 seconds to realize, oh, wait, we can't kill each no other. No one's getting hurt. <laughs> and then, at some point, you you tried to sabotage their, like, evac thing. Yeah, I tried to cut the rope, at which, play, at which point, rather, I got shot directly in the face and died immediately. <laughs> so, we were pretty confused how the yeah. PvP element works at first. So I think the whole idea with the Dark Zone is you go into these raid areas and you fight NPCs uh, with your group of friends, or I guess you could do it with randoms or, or whatever, um, and you get these contaminated smallpox, virus-contaminated weapons and loot, and you have to bring it back to a helicopter evac uh, to be decontaminated. Uh, and when you call the helicopter over, uh, I guess other players can then go rogue and try and steal all the loot for themselves. So that's when you can activate, like, the PvP. Yeah. But maybe it's because we didn't play the first game. Uh, or maybe the the final game will have a better tutorial about it. But it seemed very confusing and vague, the rules of how everything worked. Yeah, we were trying to pay attention to the tutorial. but like, And they kept bringing up, like, sometimes a player may turn on you. You're like, huh? Wait, how? So, what, like, we thought for sure, like, okay, we gotta keep our eyes on, like, other players. Like, everyone yeah, we figured hostile. everyone was a hostile. Like, if you just shot at someone, or, or they shot at you, like, that would be initiating combat. I felt like the tutorial should have been way more clear about that. Yeah, I, I agree. We were we were all very confused and frustrated. If anything, the tutorial should have been teaching you how to go rogue. So it just gives you an idea of how that works to begin with. That's what I figured it, it would be, you know, doing, um... I was reading, like, all there was a bunch of pop-ups coming up and text on the screen. I was reading all of it, really trying to figure out how to go rogue, because boy did I want to kill someone. But did you folks have any luck killing people in the Dart Zone in the Division 2 open beta? Did you even play it? Are you even interested in playing it? Let us know down below. And for more written reviews, previews, original features, and more, be sure to head on over to Destructoid.com.